Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 9th Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grace. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm Pastor Tommy McMurtry from the Liberty Baptist Church. And we appreciate you listening. We hope you get a blessing from this program. If you ever like to email us any questions you might have, send LibertyBC2011 at att.net. Or you can even send me a joke. I like to tell jokes on the program just to kind of lift your spirits in the morning, get you in a good mood before you go to church. And I've got one here that someone gave me. I thought this was pretty funny. But two kids were walking home from school and began talking about predicting the future. My mom can tell the future using cards, one said. Really? The other one said. Oh, yes. All she has to do is take one look at my report card, and she can tell me what will happen when my father gets home. Well, some of you kids may have experienced that before, but I've got one I want to read here for you, too. You may have heard this before. This one's been around for a while, but I think it's pretty funny, and I think it's just very fitting for the day and age we live in. The author of whoever wrote this is unknown, and but I think this was pretty brilliant. But um, Noah in the 21st century, what would have happened if the story of Noah and the Ark would have happened in this century? If it happened today, what would happen? And so uh, let's read this. It says, you know, we thought we had problems. If Noah lived in the United States in the last 10 years, the story may have gone something like this. And the Lord spoke to Noah and said, In one year I'm going to make it rain and cover the whole earth with water until all flesh is destroyed. But I want you to save the righteous people and two of every kind of living thing on earth. Therefore I am commanding you to build an ark. In fear and trembling, Noah took the plans and agreed to build the ark. Remember, said the Lord, you must complete the ark and bring everything aboard in one year. Exactly one year later. Fierce storm clouds covered the earth, and all the seas of the earth went into a tumult. The Lord saw that Noah was sitting in his front yard weeping. Noah, he shouted, where is the ark? Lord, please forgive me, cried Noah. I did my best, but there were big problems. First, I had to get a permit for construction, and your plans did not meet the building codes. I had to hire an engineering firm and redraw the plans. Then I got into a fight with OSHA, over whether or not the ark needed a sprinkler system and approved flotation devices. Then my neighbor objected, claiming I was violating zoning ordinances by building the ark in my front yard. So I had to get a variance from the city planning commission. Then I had problems getting enough wood for the ark because there was a ban on cutting trees to protect the spotted owl. I finally convinced the U.S. Forest Service that I really needed the wood to save the owls. However, the Flash and Wildlife Service won't let me take the two owls. The carpenters formed a union and went on strike. I had to negotiate a settlement with the National Labor Relations Board before anyone would pick up a saw or hammer. Now I have 16 carpenters on the ark, but still no owls. When I started rounding up the other animals, an animal rights group sued me. They objected to me taking only two of each kind aboard. This suit is pending. 
Meanwhile, the EPA notified me that I could not complete the ARC without filling an environmental impact statement on your, on your proposed flood. They didn't take very kindly to the idea that they had no jurisdiction over the conduct of the creator of the universe. Then the Army Corps of Engineers demanded a map of the proposed floodplain. I sent them a globe. Right now, I'm trying to resolve a complaint filled with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission that I am practicing discrimination by not taking atheists aboard. The IRS has seized my assets, claiming that I am building the ark in preparation to flee the country to avoid paying taxes. I just got a notice from the state that I owe them some kind of user tax and failed to register the ark as a recreational watercraft. And finally, the ACLU got the courts to issue an injunction against further construction of the ark, saying that since God is flooding the earth, it's a religious event and therefore unconstitutional. I really don't think I can finish the ark in another five or six years. Noah waited. The sky began to clear, the sun began to shine, and the seas began to calm. A rainbow arched across the sky. Noah looked up hopefully. You mean you're not going to destroy the earth, Lord? No, he said sadly. I don't have to. The government already has. Well, I imagine that probably feels very true to many of you there. And, uh, well, with that, let's go ahead and go to the scriptures now. We're going to go to Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6 through 9 we're going to read. And it says, A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear, saith the Lord of hosts unto you? O priests that despise my name! And ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Ye offer polluted bread upon my altar, and ye say, Wherein have we polluted thee? And that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for a sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? And now I pray you, beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This... Uh, hath been by your means, will he regard your person, saith the Lord of hosts. So right here we see a story where God was upset with Israel because they had been offering the worst that they had in the sacrifices. They got careless with the sacrifices. They were always supposed to bring the best to the sacrifices, but they're offering polluted bread. They're offering the blind animals for the sacrifices, not the best. And this was something that displeased God. And it got to the point where Israel didn't even take these things serious anymore. They were putting such little effort into it. There was such little sacrifice going into it that it meant nothing to them anymore. And these things that were special, these things that were sacred, now God wasn't pleased with them. And Israel wasn't even happy with what was going on. They didn't even like it. They just they failed. They weren't taking these things Serious, And, you know, this attitude here that was going on reminds me of the attitude of churches today. We don't take the things of God very serious. We don't take church serious. We don't take our worship of God serious. We don't take the preaching of the Word of God serious. And churches today, they remind me a lot of our fast food restaurants that we have. And I've given this illustration before in my church, but... Imagine if I decided I want to start a restaurant, okay? And on this restaurant, I'm going to build this restaurant right on the edge of town 
so we'll have plenty of room so we can raise our own cows and pigs and everything that we need for meat. We're going to grow our own vegetables. No pesticides are going to be used. We'll have the highest standards of cleanliness possible. We will have all the best workers because we're going to do a starting pay of $15 an hour, way better than any of the fast food restaurants. All this food's going to be healthy and organic. No soda, no salty foods. Now, while all this sounds good, how many of you think that that restaurant is going to make it? It's probably not, is it? You know why? Because nobody's going to be able to afford to eat there. It's going to be expensive. I mean, there's going to be big long waits for the food. Can you imagine if, you know, we said, hey, we're, you know, we serve fresh beef here and you went and ordered your food and we had to go out back and kill the cow. Okay. That's going to, that's going to take a while. You're not going to get your food in two minutes or less. You know, the fast food restaurants, they're going to put me out of business because people aren't going to wait for their food like that. Fast food restaurants, they're much cheaper. You know, if, I'm do if we're doing all that to make our food top notch, it's going to be a little more expensive than fast food. It's, you know, fast food, it's much more convenient. You know, we're honking our horn if we're not through the drive through in three minutes. And let's just face it, sometimes the unhealthy food tastes better than the healthy food. You know, those salty french fries, they taste good. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it. But, you know, our culture today is addicted to everything being quick and convenient. Not just our food. You know, we want everything cheap and we want it now. We don't want to put any effort into anything that we do. Quick and convenient is okay for some things. But I'm glad, you know, that we have things like faster phones. I like that. Computers, cars. But there's some things that we should not be sacrificing on the altar of convenience. And in America, we've definitely sacrificed our health on the altar of convenience. You know, the fast food hasn't been real good to us. Just take a look around. But I'm not here to talk about healthy food today. But I do believe we have also sacrificed our spiritual health on the altar of convenience. I mean, today... Churches are a joke what goes on in most places. But places that want to do it right, people aren't interested. They want everything quick. They want it fast. They want it now. They want everything sweet and sugary and salty. I mean, it's gotten out of control. And let's look at some things that I believe that we've just sacrificed on the altar of convenience today. One is the gospel itself. The very gospel that we are supposed to preach We've watered it down. First John chapter 2, verse 21 says, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And did you know there are churches all over the place today where they, they're called like interfaith churches, where you can come if you're a Christian, Jew, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever. It's for everyone. But you know, I'm here today to tell you that if you're preaching the gospel that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, some of those groups aren't going to want to come. They're not going to feel comfortable. 
you know, and p- churches are trying to make sure everyone can feel comfortable. But you know what? My Bible says, who is a liar, but he that denieth Jesus is the Christ. He is liar and antichrist. And it's amazing how many churches are out there. I mean, churches, what is the point of a church when you can't even get the gospel right? And the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And it's amazing that even what are known as churches, which is a Christian thing, are taking Jesus Christ out of the equation. It blows my mind. But you know what? There are more and more pastors out there today that if you ask them, you know, is Jesus the only way to heaven? You know, is there any other way to heaven besides through Jesus Christ? They can't give you a straight answer on that. And I believe that's a very sad thing. Water down the gospel. Why do they do that? Because they don't want to offend anybody. They don't want to take a chance of hurting the customer base. And, uh, you know, they want to make sure they can get people in from everywhere. But listen, church isn't for everyone. It's not for lost people. Okay? Lost people aren't going to be interested in worshiping Christ. It's not for non-believers. Why would they be interested in singing praises to God, worshiping God, learning about God when they don't believe in God? Okay? It makes no sense to try to gear our churches toward those groups. But unfortunately, people are doing that and we can't, we cannot do that. It's one thing for a restaurant to try to make their restaurant in a way that will appeal to many, as many people as possible. See, they're in the business of making money, so that's okay, but churches were not supposed to be in the business of making money. And a church that waters down its gospel like that to where they can't even admit that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, they're in it for the money, and we ought to stay away from it. And another area that's being sacrificed on the altar of convenience is the Bible itself, the very Word of God. The Bible says in Matthew 4, 4, it says, Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth, from the mouth of God. I believe in the inspiration of the Scriptures. I believe we have every word. And yet, many people today are sacrificing the inspiration, the inerrancy of the Scriptures, so it will be a little easier to read, supposedly. And I, it's crazy what's being done to Bibles. The words that are being changed, the verses that are going to be, that are being left out. I mean, the NIV itself has deleted Many verses. I mean, they've taken them completely out of the Bible. Matthew seventeen twenty one, not there. Matthew eighteen eleven, not there. Matthew twenty three fourteen, not there. Mark seven sixteen, not there. I could go on and on. Mark nine forty four, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. They left that one out. I don't know why. Sounds kind of convenient. Verses about hell. I mean, you know, Mark eleven twenty six, Luke seventeen thirty six, John five four, Acts eight thirty seven. Uh, I mean, and that's a big one there. Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They just, it's not even in their Bible. Left it out. You know, Acts 24, 7, Acts 28, 29, Romans 16, 24. I mean, just, I could go on and on. Things left completely out of their Bibles. Why? And they say, Well, we want to make it easier to read. Well, I guess it would be a little easier to read. If there's not as much to read, but it's going to be a lot harder to learn what you're supposed to learn when important details have been left out. I mean, it'd be like when you are trying to put something together and you look at the instructions and if they leave a few steps out, well, it might make the instructions look a little easier, but it's going to be harder to do the job right 
when you're missing key details. And they've done that in other Bibles. And I think it's a crying shame. I think it's sad. We, you know, well, there, there's too many hard words in there like thee and thou. Really? Thee and thou? Okay. Uh, that means you and yours. Alright? Get a dictionary. Just look up some of these words. You might have to do a little bit of work. You might have to do a little bit of study. It might not come real easy. Okay, the Bible is not like a fast food restaurant where you're just going to go through a drive-thru real quick and somebody can open up a window and give you a little uh, detail that you need to know for the day. I mean, you're going to have to get in. You're going to have to do some work. You're going to have to do some study. You're going to have to memorize. You're going to probably have to read the whole thing. The whole thing? Yeah, the whole thing. You ought to read it. It's important. And it's amazing how many people today, they think they're experts on religion. They think they're experts on morality. They think they're experts on the Bible. And they've never even read the whole thing. And even if you have managed to read through the whole thing, you're still not an expert yet. I mean, the Bible is an inexhaustible book. And yet there's people out there today that, you know, they'll try to tell me, how it's supposed to be done as far as being a Christian and how to get to heaven. And they've never even read the Bible. They've never even, maybe they've read little bits and pieces. They never read through the whole thing. And all they're doing is repeating something that they heard on the you know, news or off from somebody off the internet. And they've never even read it themselves. You know, for example, you know, there's websites you can go on and there's, you know, YouTube videos you can watch and people will give you all these questions that are impossible for the preacher to answer. And usually these questions involve some of the Old Testament laws. And whenever people ask these questions, I mean, just the very, these very questions they ask show their complete ignorance of the entire Scripture. And it's like, before I can answer that question, we need to get started with Adam and Eve. I mean, you really do with some of these people, just with the questions they ask, and they think they're so intelligent because they know a good question... And they literally, their whole problem is they don't know the story of Adam and Eve. They don't, if they don't know the New Testament. And the Bible is going to take a little bit of work. It's not some easy little self-help pamphlet that's out there for you to read. You know, today, I mean, it, it's like people want the Bible. They want it really small with pictures and very few details written in the most common, simple English possible. And I'm sorry, but that's just not the Word of God. And yet churches are trying to make it like that. Taking stuff out, adding stuff in, just ignoring massive parts of the Scriptures. And we can't do that. We're not going to have the kind of church we're supposed to have when we compromise with the Word of God, when we sacrifice the Word of God on the altar of convenience. Don't mess with the book. Don't do that. Get yourself a King James Bible, read it, study it, and take in every bit of it you possibly can and don't ever stop studying it. But we're sacrificing these things. Don't do it. Don't sacrifice the Gospel. Don't sacrifice the Scriptures. Also, another area, pastors and church staff. Okay, I believe today we're putting people in positions they're just not qualified for and they're in way over their head. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 3, I'm going to read this passage to you. And it's giving the qualifications of a bishop or a pastor. Bishop and pastor are the same thing. 
And it says, This is a true saying, If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Okay? If somebody wants to be a pastor, I commend them for that. You desire a good work. But Paul says here, Alright, if you desire that, great. But here are some requirements. A bishop then must be blameless. The husband of one wife. Vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, was being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Now, I'm not going to expound on every one of those things, but a pastor is required to meet those qualifications. And if they don't, they should not be a pastor. And I know many churches today, they've sacrificed the standards that God has given because well, we didn't have anybody that meets those. Well, then you know what? Maybe it's time to just shut her down and go join a church that does have somebody that meets the qualifications. And unfortunately, many churches, they, they've just given up on that. They said it's too hard to find people like that. And, you know, that's pretty sad if you don't have anybody like that in your church. And you should, okay? I mean, there should be many like that in your church that fit that. But unfortunately, people said, you know, it's too hard. And what they've done is they've lowered the standards. Kind of like restaurants, okay? You know why this stuff's just so unhealthy? We want everything so cheap and so fast. They have to lower the quality standards. They have to lower the cleanliness standards. Because we want it so cheap, they have to lower the standard of worker that they get. Because a person with, you know, that has the higher standards, they're going to want to get paid a little more. That person is going to qualify for better jobs. And so they're going to, you know, it's, it's going to end up costing more. And churches, they want everything easy. You know, they don't want, and unfortunately too, a person who meets all these qualifications is more likely going to preach the Word of God like it's supposed to be preached. He's going to preach against sin, which a lot of people don't like. He's going to preach that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, which a lot of people find offensive. He's going to speak the truth. And listen, don't do that. Don't sacrifice these things on the altar of convenience. Okay, Pray that God will send you a man like that. And uh, don't settle for anything less than that. It's God that gave the standard. Ask and pray that God will bring somebody like that along. But you know, like many of the fast food restaurants, we've asked people in the ministry to work for almost nothing. Now I'm not going to read all of it. First Corinthians chapter nine, Paul says, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be an apostle unto others, yea, doubtless I am to you, for the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. He's basically telling them, hey, I, you know I'm an apostle. You know I'm in the work of the ministry. I've ministered to you myself. You know, he says, verse 4, Have we not power to eat and to drink? 
And then he goes on, you know, we we have the right to eat and drink and to live lives. Verse 7, he says, who goeth on a warfare anytime on his own charges? Talking, you know, some of our soldiers that go off to battle, we pay these guys. We take care of their needs and we should. He says in verse 11, if we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? And he's basically saying, hey, it's okay for us to receive some of your carnal things, you know, to get paid for what we are doing. He says in verse 14, even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. That's what the Lord wants from the pastor. He wants them to make his living through the church, from the church. I mean, he established a principle way back in the Old Testament, for it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. You know, God cared about the oxen. And he said, you know, let them eat of the field while they're plowing, while they're doing the work. Let them eat. Let them have what they need. And he says the same thing for pastors. And unfortunately, many churches, they uh, are not take care. They're not taking care of their pastor. They're wanting him to do what he's supposed to do for almost nothing. And they wonder why he gets all of his messages off the Internet. And that's a pretty common thing for a lot of preachers today. They just download an outline that they found on the internet somewhere. They're not studying. I mean, they get up and they preach a message and it sounds like they just threw it together. You know why? Because they probably did. And yet churches, they just want all this stuff, but they want it for nothing, kind of like we are with our fast food. But even, I'm not going to take time to read all of it, but you know, even with church members, we've lowered the standards. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 8. Be therefore fathers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering, a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saints. He's, there are certain things, certain behaviors that should never happen amongst God's people, amongst those in the church, yet it runs rampant in churches today. And nothing is done about it. First Corinthians chapter 5, it names off a lot of these sins that should not be amongst God's people. But yet, you know what? In churches today, you can go into a common church service today, and not only will you hear you know, perverted scripture, but you will see them singing worldly, sensual music. The behavior in the, of the people in the church is just downright heathen. And people are calling it church. They're up there saying that there's more than one way to heaven other than Jesus Christ. Just as long as you're sincere, as long as you, you know, you go, we all worship the same God, but unfortunately there's only one way to God and that's through Jesus Christ. And it's not being taught in a lot of places. You know why? Because we've sacrificed what was right on the altar of convenience. We've dumbed everything down. We've cheapened everything. And it has made many churches today a joke. You know, the, fur, the food that's served in a lot of these restaurants is a joke, and it's terrible what it does to people. And you know what? The teaching and the preaching that's coming from a lot of churches today, it's a joke, and what it's doing to people spiritually is very disturbing, and it's wrong. And we need to take a stand and say, you know what? I'm not going to sacrifice these things. I want to be the right kind of Christian. I want to be a healthy Christian, and I want to please God. And I hope that's you today. So thank you so much for listening. I hope this was a help to you. Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. 
We hope you were blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word. For more information about Liberty Baptist Church, visit their website at experience-liberty.com or you can email them at libertybc2011 at att.net. Thank you.